0: Send your word. Help us to understand it. Write on our hearts. Write it. Write your words on our heart, hearts, and our minds, so that we will remember them, and that we will act upon them, and that we will share them with others. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah. Please be sure Amen. to share share with your uh, friends, neighbors, family, church family, whomever. Everybody's welcome to join us uh, online or on Zoom or on your phone as well. So it says here, church members to educate themselves. What do you think, church members, what do you think we should be educating ourselves about?
2: I think we should be studying the word of God to show ourselves approved before we go out trying to tell anybody else if we haven't studied God for, how can we share it? How can we tell anybody?
1: <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Lakita. you had something? Um.
0: Uh, we should prepare ourselves in everything. We should just be. Um, we should be educate ourselves in everything. Like whatever we do, we should learn as much about it as possible so that we can do the best work.
1: Yeah, very good. It, you know, the the thing is that God can use anything and anyone. So if we want to work for God, we need to educate ourselves trying to reach the highest standard that God has set before us. You know, there's a lot of people who just say, oh, well, that's good enough. Or I'm I'm not going to try and be the best at this. I'm just going to be a jack of all trades and a master of none, so to speak. But God wants us to be the best we can be at whatever your your choice in life is. You know, it's a lot of good occupations out there. So many, I can't name them all, but Whatever occupation you chose, God's expecting you to be the best at it. And also, not only is he expecting us to be the best, but anytime God asks us to do something, he gives us the blessings and resources that it takes to do it. So if God is asking us to be the best, he's going to help us to reach the best level if we just cooperate with him. So if we cooperate with God, he's going to help us to be the very best we can be. Because the scripture says, whatsoever you do, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Right. And think about this, too. It says we should not let slip even one opportunity of qualifying ourselves intellectually to work for God. So if an opportunity comes where you can learn something more about uh, what you do for a living, if you can learn something more about God and his blessings, if you can learn something more about the will of God, whatever you have an opportunity for, you should take advantage of it. Why do you think that's a good idea to take advantage of every opportunity to increase your knowledge to work for God? Why is that a good thing? Pastor job. Sure. Well, go
0: ahead.
1: Go ahead, Patsy.
0: I was going to say, first,
2: uh, you never know who God's going to put in your path. It could be even a family member that, you know, throw questions at you or say, you know, I don't understand this. You know, can you explain it to me? You know, and I said, and also I look at it and I guess because I'm getting older, I don't know how much more time I have on this earth, but I thank God for giving me the breath of life. But I want to make sure that with the time that God has given me, that I'm doing what he has commanded, to go out and, 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 and just plant that little mustard seed, because he'll take it from there. So I want to be in the grace of God, with the Holy Spirit, doing what God asked me to do with the time that I have left.
1: Amen, amen. McKinney, what were you gonna add to that?
0: I agree with Patsy, with what she
1: said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, I'm as, sorry, and that's good, no you know, because it leads us right into the next uh, next section, the divine standard. And one of the things we want to remember, too, when opportunities come, there is no promise that it's going to come back. You know, people say opportunities knocking. It might not come back and knock again. You know, it's a blessing if it does, but there's no guarantee. So you imagine you're here, you are at work and your job says uh, this week, we're going to pay for anybody who wants to take this class, you know, and it's something that you want to take. That's an opportunity to take it, you know, because it might not come back around and you'll feel pretty bad. If they say we're no longer doing that program and you saying, man, I should have took that. I, sh- I would have took that. I could have took that. Okay. So when God brings opportunities for you, be prayerful, accept the blessing, and take advantage of any opportunity to grow in knowledge intellectually and spiritually.
0: Okay, so I have a testimony which some of you guys have heard, and it's not a positive happy testimony. So I was um, impressed by God to call my brother, and I was homeschooling uh, Holly and my niece to So as I was I had been impressed before to call him, but I didn't call him. And I felt bad about it and stuff. And so then I was impressed again to call him. So as I was going to the phone, I dropped the pencil and then Tekela asked me a question and I forgot about calling him. It couldn't have been six hours later that they called and said he had died that day. So I think it's really important for us to take every chance we can to learn, about talking to people and working with people and take every chance we can to um, know when God tells you to do something. I'm just praying and helping. And, you know, I think I'm a little better with it, but just do what God tells me to do when he tells me to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Amen, amen. Says um, the divine standard, the Lord desires us to obtain all the education possible. How much education? Oh, All of it, all the education possible with the object in view of imparting our knowledge to others. Like Patsy was saying, learn, be prepared to let others know um, that information that you have known, learned. Because we never know when God is going to put us in position to where that knowledge that we have been blessed to learn can be put to good use. Uh, You might just be walking down the street. Uh, meet somebody on the street corner, on the bus, or at work, you know, anywhere, out at some event, and God may ask you to speak a word in due season to this person. So if you have not studied, if you have not learned, if you don't know for for yourself, then how are you going to tell them anything? So we always want to be prepared to share a word in due season with us. It says our minds should be so trained that if necessary, we can present the truths of his word before the highest earthly authority in such a way as to glorify his name. That's just how ready we should be. You know, we should be ready at the drop of a dime to let people know the truth of God's word, because there are people out there now who are very happy to, to share Uh, misinformation, to share lies, to share fables, and why shouldn't we be prepared to to share the truth? People are looking for the truth. Uh, The harvest is ready, but sometimes the labors are few, so if we can be prepared to labor in God's vineyard at any time that he calls upon us, that will be a truly be a divine blessing, and it will be the divine idea that God has for us. Uh, it says, uh, you had a comment, Patsy?
2: Yeah, I said, it's funny that you say that because today at, at the Alton Church, they were talking about the same thing that with, because as we get closer to the end, there's going to be so much false doctrine that when people come to us, we've got to be able to be prepared to show on book, chapter, Bible, and verse to let them know that that's an opposite of what the Bible is teaching, but if we haven't learned it for ourselves, we have no way of telling them. That's in the opposite of what God is asking from His children.
1: Amen. Yeah, and we talked about that in the Sabbath school lesson too about how there will be people spreading misinformation, you know, and outright lies, and that we have to be prepared to counteract that and say, hey, wait a minute, thus saith the Lord, you know, and go from Go from God's holy Bible to show what God has said the truth is, because there's going to be people looking for opportunities to get 15 minutes of fame on TV or get their name in the paper or to take money from people. You know, all kind of reasons or just to um, further the devil's work. So we have to be right there as God's soldiers standing up on the on the wall to guard the truth and to share that truth with others.
2: Well, you know, Elder Carol, there uh, I'm in my water exercise class, and we get more new people coming in. And they were talking about the man that's on TV now that says you can get his tickets, and he's a prophet, and he's coming down to St. Louis. He'll that's downtown at the arena in September. And my thing was, you know, I've seen the commercial several times, and I said, if he, if he calls himself a prophet, show me in the Bible where— when God gave the uh, uh, talk to people and gave you know words of wisdom and, and taught them the, you know the example, when did He start charging for tickets? <laughs> yeah. And this man talking about here, prophet, I'm like, you know, uh, you know, if you and I, you know, if he's supposed to be this big prophet, then. You know, like I said, what is about the ticket sale and you got to pay to come and see him? I'm like, I mean, and you have a lot of religions now that are going to take busloads of people down there because they want to hear him because he said he's a prophet.
1: He is a prophet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) P-R-O-F-I-T. That's the prophet he's talking about. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. There'll be busloads of people, you know, and, and it's easy for people to be, Led astray. It seems like, and again, we talked about this in Sabbath school. It's like people don't want to use their brains. They don't want to think too hard about anything. They just want to be spoon fed what to believe. And that's not what God wants from us. He's given us these beautiful minds to use, to use for research, for meditation, to use for thinking, you know, and imagining. But people have gotten so tired and lazy. They don't even want to think about what to believe. <laughs> they just want somebody to tell them. And then that's not going to uh, save you when judgment comes. God is going to say, I gave you my word. I gave you my prophets. I gave you my apostles. I gave you my son and you, my Holy Spirit. And you still didn't listen because you chose to believe what these uh, the doctrines of man teaching doctrines of man that they're teaching for commandments. So God is not pleased with us not doing our very best. And the question is asked, have we been preparing ourselves to go work in his vineyard? God wants us to make the very best and highest use possible of the talents he's given us. There is nobody who has no talents. Everybody has a talent for something. You know, even people that you grow up and you say, I wish she would be quiet. She talked too loud. That talent can be used. You know, you can use that talent for preaching, for public speaking, for standing. Amen. 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 Maybe somebody says, this person, they they just too anxious to go do stuff. That's sometimes needed in, in God's service. People are ready and willing and able to go out. You know, so everybody has a talent. And it's interesting sometimes, We don't even know what our talents are, you know, until somehow that talent gets uh, exhibited or shown or somebody says, hey, you got a good talent for this or whatever. And then we need to use that talent the very best possible way that we can to glorify God. Has anybody heard of the uh, spiritual gift inventory? No,
2: I haven't
1: talking
2: about it and talking
3: about it. When are you going to hand it out? September 16th. Okay. Somebody give me one. I want one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we well, you going to
2: come to our church. Well, you Okay. To- September it's her to church
1: 16. too. It's <laughs> her church too. Just come to a different location that week. So uh, September 16th, we're going to be doing the spiritual gift inventory. Hey, Patsy,
0: it. it'll be after church. Yes, it'll be after church. Huh? It'll be after church when when they do the spiritual inventory. So like after okay, church, you just come over and
1: yeah, around yeah. one o'clock or okay,
0: so. okay, you just, gonna be that late.
1: Uh, something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Around one.
1: Yeah, around one. So September you what? Know, September what? Sixteen. Okay. So we're gonna do the spiritual gift inventory, and what that is, it's a questionnaire. Just ask, uh, I think it's 34 questions, might be more, but it asks questions. And then once you circle your answers, it it points out to you what your spiritual gifts are. Then it also shows you where those gifts can be used in the church or in the community. And once we know, now we can say, oh, I recognize my gifts now. Now it's up to us to improve those gifts and to learn as much as we can about how to use them for the lord's work so it's going to be really nice i'm glad we're getting to do that and every time i've done it people have said wow this is really on target you know this is really where my gifts are and it's nice that you're working for god anyway but when you're working in the area that he's giving you gifts in it's going to be even that much more successful so we're looking forward to people coming out to take the gift inventory um Next sub chapter is the divine standard. I'm sorry, next chapter is uh, an illustration. Uh, Sister White had a dream and this uh, illustration talks about the dream. Uh, does someone wanna summarize the dream for us? Someone that has read through it and can summarize it. Um, in
0: this dream she was told to cut fabric out for a lot of different people, um, different sizes and different people and stuff. And it seems like every time she do one, she thought she'd be finished and it would be another person and stuff. So then she didn't, you know, she really didn't want to do it. So she was feeling kind of annoyed in her dream. And um, she was like, this person right here, whom she was making a thing for, she said, She said, I spoke to the person who brought the cloth to me, of one woman in particular, for whom he had told me to cut a garment. I say that she was not prized the garment and that it would be a loss of time and material to present to her. She was very poor of inferior intellect and untightened her habits and was soon solid. The person replied, cut out the garments. That is your duty. The loss is not yours, but mine. (laughs) So, you know, so this is talking about uh, like putting your efforts into, I guess, into the work and feeling like, you know, well, this is, you know, it's a waste. It's like, it's a waste of time and stuff. Some of these people just seem like a waste, but that's not (laughs) our job to decide who should get the message and when they should act upon the message that's left up with God.
1: Right. So uh, that dream was very interesting. I thought, you know, what I got out of it was talking about witnessing for God, you know, we witness to all type of people. It doesn't matter who, what, when, or where we just are called to be ready when the opportunity comes. And that's what the Lord is telling us. Prepare ahead of time. Don't wait till you need the knowledge to all of a sudden try and study, study ahead of time so that when the questions come up, you can answer intelligently about where that is, uh, what God says about it. And then she also pointed out something that we all probably feel. She said, I've been working in the, you know, I've been cutting out these garments, or I've been witnessing to others for more than 20 years, and nobody appreciates my work, and it doesn't seem like it's working. You know, anyone who's been witnessing and working for the Lord, that you get to that point where you do kind of feel that way that, gee, I've been, you know, giving Bible studies and passing out literature, and and witnessing the people and feeding the homeless and clothing the naked all these years and just seem like we're not even making a dent seems like nobody even cares but mm-hmm. as she found out in this dream our job is just to witness
4: mm-hmm. that's our
1: job our job's not to do anything more than share the message of Christ with people in all the various me- uh, methods that we have and it's like uh, God has made us fishers of men. our job is to catch them is his job to clean them. and
2: hey, you know elder curl, I took it from a from a standpoint of a family and consumer science teacher as we cut out these these pieces and instead of us trying to make them fit it is God's job once we get these pieces cut out that as we, as we go along, he will start to put them. Into the shape, into the, the, the garment that he wants them to have, which is his righteousness. But too often, when we're cutting out these pieces, like you said, we're out there witnesses and we're doing all this, and we're like, we don't see it, Lord. But it's not for us to see because God changes people's heart and he saves them, not us. We just plant the little mustard seed. We just put, cut, like I said, we just follow the instructions of the pattern and cut those pieces out and do what we can, and as they begin, as God begins to touch their hearts and sew those pieces together, they become God's uh, children.
1: That's right. Amen. So I have a
3: question. I have a question. You said we just catch them. What does catch them look like? Because we go out, we pass out stuff, and we invite people, and we do various things, and we get no response.
0: But,
3: but, But we know that but we know that sometimes there's just there are just sowers who just sow a seed. That's all that they. That's all that you know. We do, and we may never this. We may never decide of eternity. See the outcome of it. But if we make it to heaven, we will see that that seed germinated and took root and all that. So so. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean to catch them?
1: That's very true, and you uh, pointed out that. There's more people involved than just me. You know, I might be the one that throws, puts the worm on the hook or the bait on the hook. Somebody else might throw the bait out into the water. Somebody else might pull the fish in, you yes. know, etc. Cetera, et cetera, So catch yeah. them so ketchup, is
3: kind of misleading because it sounds like, oh, I got, I'm the one that got them to come to church. Not necessarily. I might only be the one that handed them a flyer. You know what I mean? Well where's
0: where where are you referring to? We're
1: right on 63.2.
4: But we're well, talking about found-
1: catching where yeah. fish is a man and we're asking, where does it come in that you catch the fish? God is say, fish what the does man.
0: catch actually
3: mean? You know, you know what,
0: you know what? Maybe you understand it more kind of like this too. Lee and I will go fishing and we can go out and fish all day and not catch a thing, not one thing. And then another time, you know, we put out the bait, we put it at the right spot, et cetera, where we think it's the right spot. Then there are other days when you go out and you just pull it right in. So it's um, your job is just simply as a fisherman, you can't catch anything if your line is not in the water. It's not gonna happen. Most fish, uh, my son, that come up to my front door and ask me for my, my bait. But uh, most fish are going to be in the water. They're not going to come to your fishing pole and stuff. And you have to have something attractive to to lure them in to get there and stuff. So but um, and then when catching them, too, we never know if we caught them because that's just because a person come to church. I mean, even the Bible says, Peter, when you are converted, that was interesting to me that he said, when you are converted, you know, Mm. feed my sheep, you know, or Mm. Judas was right there with the Lord looking very pious, covering that money and stuff, but then he wasn't converted. So we, um, so it stands to reason this. Just as people were following Christ or looked like they were following Christ, they weren't converted. And just because people don't look like they're following Christ doesn't mean they're not converted.
1: Also, we can look at it too on sort of a more of a, a continuum. It's not one day you go out And you catch, so to speak. And we're using that term catch to bring people to Christ, lead people to Christ. At judgment days, when all the catching fish that are caught is going to be counted up. So you might not see that until that time. You might not see it until we get to heaven. But God knows our works. He knows our deeds. And he's keeping track of all those things. But the point being made is our job is to evangelize, to witness to point others to Christ, to lead others to Christ. Our job is not to convert people. Our job is not to try and convict people of wrong. Our job is merely to be a witness for Christ, putting that uh, seed out there, putting the bait out there, casting out our nets to bring in in the sheaves from the harvest. So the catching part is all going to be added up later but god knows the, our works that's what he's counting on
0: when you look at the bible too where they are out there fishing and they caught nothing all night and then jesus said you know casting your net on the other side they're like yeah right blah 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 but anyway because <laughs> you know we've been out here all night but you know what's four feet gonna make and then they caught all those fishes too is that nothing is coming to christ without him so we have to be mm-hmm. you know we have to um Recognize that
1: you know is is coming through him. Yeah, well, you can't. and
0: I understand what Sister Karen is saying. You know, you're giving your
2: hard earned effort, and you're saying to yourself, "Lord, show me somebody that is benefiting from what I'm doing." And like like you said, it may not come until the time when we're going to heaven, and that individual. There said a big old star on your crown, Karen, and that individual say, Jesus, that's the one who handed me or to talk to me and it made me think I need to give my life to you.
0: But what if man. it's like a whole bunch of stars on your crown? And let's say that I'm thinking about the, that one person she got, and then he went and told somebody, and maybe the one she talked to didn't come, but the one he told about, yeah, man, she always talking about that Sabbath. She be getting on my nerves. What's that? And then, you know, he witnessed to the man. (laughs) And then there's your story is we just, the Bible said, my word will not return to me void. It's gonna be- Yeah, that that
3: reminds me of when we were going down to see the homeless and uh, I gave one one guy in the morning, I gave him one of the conflict series. Um, (sighs) I may have been Desire of Ages or it may have been a great controversy. I don't remember which one it was. And then when we went back in the afternoon, this other person approached me and he said, he said, I found the greatest book. He said, it's just wonderful. He said, it was sitting on the steps and I picked it up and I started reading it and it was just wonderful. It's just wonderful. And he showed it to me. It was the book I had given the other guy in the morning.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. Amen, amen. Exactly. And Sister White, she's saying she went through the same thing that she didn't feel like in this dream that her labors had been appreciated. She didn't see that her work had accomplished much. She didn't see any souls getting baptized or whatever. And the angel told her, don't worry about that. That's not your duty. Your duty is just to witness. That's your job. So as human beings, we all like to feel appreciated. We all like to get awards and accolades. But when we're working for Christ, he says, come work in the vineyard and your reward will come later.
0: And another thing I want to point out to you about her. If she was working within the church, mostly her job was to try to get the church, you know, up and running and or, or passing out her visions to people, not necessarily the hand-to-hand combat like we are doing so much. I mean, it is both the same in a way, but mostly like... um. Like the Bible. The Bible is not written for people who are not going to read it. It's written for people who are reading it. It's written for people who say they believe in God. So those admonishments and, and stories are not about people who don't believe in God. They're about examples for us on how we're supposed to live, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, too, her job, this is kind of interesting, too, that, you know, she's saying the work she's doing, and a lot of it was within the church, was un- people was not grateful for it and just
1: wasting our time and effort and another point too is as was mentioned don't try to determine who's going to use it who's going to listen who's going to be converted that's not within our ability we can't tell who like the scripture says you can't tell which where the wind is it comes and goes as it wants you can see the effects of it but you can't see it the same way with the holy spirit you can't see who the Holy Spirit is going to work with and work on. So again, uh, you can't say all these folk down here in this part of town, they don't need to to hear about the word because they ain't going to believe it. That's not our call. Not to say, oh, I would give this person some literature, but they ain't going to read it. I can just tell. You don't have a clue who's going to do what. Again, our job is just to point somebody to Jesus Christ and him crucified by whatever means we possibly can. Because there's always going to be people that you didn't think was going to be in heaven that are in heaven. And then there's going to be people who you thought would be in heaven that won't be in heaven. So don't, Amen, even, don't I agree. worry about that. Just do what thus says the Lord. Um, it's pointed out here about soldiers. Anybody other than myself been in the military? No.
2: It's ROTC <laughs> in high
1: school. <laughs> That's where it started, <laughs> ROTC. Yeah. Well, it's like it points out here. When you join the service, your first t- first months in there, you just constantly drilling, drilling, drilling. Same old stuff, day in, day out, constantly. And you get so sick of it, you're like, why do we keep going over this same stuff? We sick of this. We tired of this. I already know how to do it, you know. But the point is they're trying to get it drilled into your head as well as into your body's memory so that when an emergency happens, you don't forget. Can you imagine if you did a drill? Uh, say you did a drill to pick up your um your backpack and run. You did the drill like three times, you say, I got it, I got it. But then when an emergency hits and bombs start flying. You forget to backpack and take off running. So the whole point is you've learned it so much that it's just become automatic. And that's how it should be when we're fighting the battle for the Lord. That we want to also practice, you know, things like Bible studies or outreach plans. You know, get into the habit of where when things happen, you already know how to how to deal with it. You can have a plan A, B, C, whatever. But we should do as much practicing and studying and working to be our best as people do for preparing to be in the military. Because we're on the battlefield for God, right? And do you think the devil doesn't practice what he's doing? He's an expert at what he's trying to do. So we have to do the very best that we can. And that means we need to put forth some effort. We talked about this in Sabbath school, too. That it takes effort to be a Christian, you know, to to follow the Christian walk, to walk in the ways of Christ. It takes effort. We're fighting against ourselves. We're fighting against sinful tendencies. We're fighting against uh, a family upbringing. We're fighting against friends and neighbors and and everybody else around us. So it does take effort to uh, walk in the Christian walk. And it takes effort to be a true witness for God, to do the very best you can. You don't want to go out there and just be all haphazard and slipshod when you're working for God. He expects more from us, and that's what we need to be aiming for. Any comments on that?
2: Well, you know, I I remember coming in as a new believer, but even at home when I used to go to church with my sister, I just said after the Sabbath, you just go home, you eat your meal, and you go to sleep. Boy, did I get a big fooling after I came up here and started, you know, listening to different members. they like, well, this is what we do after Sabbath. You want to go with us passing our tracks and stuff? And I thought, you mean y'all don't go home and go to sleep? <laughs> and, see, and I had in my mind, I had tradition in my mind. That means rest. It said rest on the Sabbath. That's what you do. And I said... But now you know as 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 I grew, and I'm like, it's so much fun to go out you know and and talk to people you know after church or whatever, and I was like, I never would believe that I would be the person saying that because I like I said, let me get my food, let me eat, and then I'm going home and go to sleep,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we all have to be uh ready and able to get out there on the battlefield for the Lord and um you know that that's one of the things about.
0: Like, can I ask a question?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But are we on the battlefield for the Lord every day? I mean, like if you leave your house, and even if you're in your house, that's a battlefield. And sometimes being in the house with somebody is a real mm-hmm. battle. But we ain't talking about that. Just it's a battlefield.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, Sister White says your first missionary yeah. is your home. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer that you know our spouses and children and sisters and brothers, those people are there to help you get to heaven. Huh. No matter how horrible they are, they're there to help you get to heaven. They show you what you are made of, who you really are, and, what, and how you have Amen. A to overcome. <laughs> Yeah, we well, yeah, yes. Yeah, they're there for that purpose. And sometimes everybody, you know, like jumping out of the marriage, unless, you know, there's some real domestic violence and some real issues, you know, you jump in all these things, but that very thing is that you're going to just repeat it because you're trying to get to heaven. You're just going to find the same problem with a different person, but you're trying to get to heaven. And that's the goal. And sometimes you don't recognize the problem as the same thing. But you live long enough with them, you'll figure out, uh, it's the same old mess.
2: <laughs> but, you know, I think in terms of when, they, when the Bible talks about soldiers and those that had all these garments putting on themselves. But when it came to little David, he told him, I ain't putting all that stuff on. I'll take care of them with me and the Lord. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, often we think we got to be the bravest. We got to be the strongest. Mm-hmm. When the Lord says, "You bring your burdens to me, I'm the ones that's going to carry them for you. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, and I just think of all the times in the Bible where all these kings decided, you know, I got me an army and I'm going to do this and I'll do that. And in the moment of of God, God can blink his eyes and just wipe them out.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, I was thinking about David, too. And I was thinking. As a youth, you know, maybe David was attention deficit, hyperactivity disordered person, because. You know, he jumped jump up there. Look, they ain't doing that. He didn't think it through. Oh, no, nah, no, nah. he ain't going to do it. You know, some, um, we may call it sheer bravery. It might've been a disorder we're looking at. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. But, but, and if it was, God used it, right? He used it to his, you know, to his advantage. You know, God loved God. I mean, David loved the Lord. He just really loved him. And so in, in that moment, you know he's impulsive because he did the same thing with Bashiva. He felt so deeply. When he felt, he felt, oh, I just gotta have her. Oh my goodness, impulsive behavior, bam, bam, is done. Now remorse comes. Now I gotta fix this. And then another impulsive bad decision follows. So but God, God can use it. He can use whatever we bring.
1: You know, when we read about the Bible stories of patriarchs and prophets, what we learn is, and when we look at ourselves and people around our time period, what we learn is that God uses ordinary people. He uses me and you. That's all he has to use. He doesn't want to use his angels. That's a different story. He uses us to do his will here on earth. And he wants us to do the best that we can. We might not uh, have all the degrees that some people have. We might not have all all the education some others may have. But the education that we do have, God wants us to improve on it and improve on it so that we can use it, use our knowledge and our intellect and our ability on the missionary field. It says uh, under object of education, true education is missionary training. Everyone's called to be a missionary. That's our duty. When we accept Christ as our savior, we're, we're joining his group. We're joining his team and now our our duty is to be a missionary to go out again and tell others about Jesus Christ crucified and to fit us for that service should be the object of our education we should constantly be constantly be trying to figure out and find out how can we do better you know we've done countless missionary projects outreach programs etc cetera, etc cetera, evangelism efforts and we should take note Of what worked, what didn't work, how we can improve, how we can do better, how we can get more people out. We should take note of those things because we always want to do the very, very, very best that we can for God. If you are taking education classes for your job, if you're taking education classes for yourself, how to get better at a talent or skill, then we should do the same thing with missionary outreach. Learn how to be the best fishermen for God that we can be uh, now think about this we have a lot of church schools um, what do you think one of the major reasons for a church school is
3: train them up in the way that they should go and then they won't depart from it
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I think too the church school gives them a, a stronger knowledge of God, even though I don't, I don't agree with people always putting public schools down because there are kids that are in public school that they, they serve the Lord the best they way they know how. But uh, at a Christian school, the, the focus is on your relationship, serving God, and, 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 and being, being uh, mindful of putting yourself second and putting
1: others first. Hey, Amen. We should sign you up as a recruiter for the church. Teacher. <laughs> hey, I'm over there trying to find a building. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. what well, both of you said is exactly right. You know, and also as to fortify our young people against the temptation that they're going to have in life. You know, we're trying to fortify them with the word of God, trying to build up a good character in them so that they can be qualified for usefulness in this life and the service of God throughout eternity is not just for reading, writing, and arithmetic, it's for that spiritual growth also, so that they can learn to be servants of God and friends to
4: man as well. Well, if you are setting up an environment for them, every child has the home environment, but if they also are going to church, and they also go to school, and the school is ran by the church, which is where you get your value system from, which is also in the home, wow. you basically are setting up their environment for them. So wherever they go, during the week, they're at school and home, same, um, if you want it to be, the same value system, And then on the weekend, they're at church, another part of that same value system. So all three of those those environments are part of a bigger environment that encompasses that child's life. And so Hmm. they grew up in that all three of those environments and their their childhood friends, their church friends. A lot of time will be their um, uh, school friends because they're going to church and school with the same people you know Mm -hmm. you basically are setting that thing up and it really is a a, a high percentage not gonna say it it's it's foolproof but it's a high percentage to keep those children uh close to the lord in in the lord's service amen and
2: that's why it hurts to see the unified even though i know they say they coming back in 2025 but it, it hurt to see that you know that they would even close you know Just as, you know, just as us knowing, you know, what what it meant to those children and what it means to God. And I'm not saying that we went against God, but I'm just saying it still hurts to see that the unified school is not there and we will return. So, I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, if we are to be true missionaries and we are to educate children in the way they should go, then we should never close the school no matter what if there's five kids. That's five souls because I know for a fact one little girl, she had never known anything but the unified school. And then all of a sudden you close and they end up putting her in public school. Can you see the contrast to that where she knows she used to getting up, you know, I can go to school and I can pray and stuff. There's going to be a lot of changes for her, even though she still will become of the church. She will be able to distinguish God, you know, really gave me, you know, and and God gave me a place to get my foundation, and I look to see her someday coming back to be a teacher for for the unified school.
0: You know, I think uh, you're absolutely right, Patsy. I feel um, we just forgive me, everybody. Just jacked up. All of all of our, you know, our um, one of the things that are most important to us. Those things are. Um, Values. Um. All, yeah, all of our values are just jacked up. What we treasure, you know what I'm saying? When I was at Northside, they was whining and complaining because the kids unified school was there. Wait, wake up, people. Every last one of these children coming to this school is a possible member in your church. Wake up. You know, instead of thinking about that, this, how does this, how can we work with this? Every last child in the school could have been in that Pathfinder class and they're
2: you yes.
0: Know, in yes. And their, children, their children's um that that choir. You know, that's why today Karen and Andre I got up front in stewardship and was basically saying, don't talk negatively about backpack because there's some people out here. You know, I'm just from being at Northside. I'm not that close in with people at, at um well people at, at at Tabernacle. I'm not that close in, but just you know complain, and I think I wasn't that close in because I wasn't on, I'm not on you guys' board meeting. And I was always on the board at Northside. Just complain about stuff, you know, and and murmuring and whining about stuff. You know, I just feel, it's sad to me. It's really sad that, you know, if you had a student, imagine this. So instead of kicking against the pricks, you say, hey, Let's get together, let us all go to our jobs and ask for a uh, $1,000 or more um, donation from our employers, and let's stop trying to beat everybody in the church, you know, all the time getting money from them, but let's go and ask people to help us with our school, and we got five kids in that school, and those kids got a teacher, a full-time teacher or two full-time teachers because we can afford it because people are putting money into it. And what I mean, just think about that. Then, next thing you know, everybody. I want my child to go to a small school, then it's not small anymore. But you know, I just feel like it's we're always complaining about everything we have. Lord, help us, help us, help us.
1: I think one of the things, too, that uh, one of the virtues that God gives us is to be grateful, to be thankful. Yeah. That's something that we have to work at and to improve on because it's true. We, it's so much easy to be negative. You know, they say it's uh, it takes more muscles to frown than to smile, <laughs> but it just seems so easy for people to go the negative route. And there's probably a lot of reasons for it, but we want to be the ones who look upward, not downward. We want to be the ones who are positive-minded and encouraging and pointing people to the word of God. And yeah. our church schools are geared to train our children in the way that they should go so that when they get older, it won't depart from them, and so they can be useful in society. Think about all the kids uh, around the world, that if they had the opportunity to go to a church school, not only to learn uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic, but also to learn about God, that would make the whole world so much different. But everyone doesn't have that privilege and that opportunity, and we have to recognize that we don't, know when the privileges and opportunities are going to come our way. So we have to remember to strive to obtain the knowledge that we can labor for the Lord, labor for those who don't know God, labor for those who are perishing in sin. If we can do that, increase our knowledge, be the best we can be as a witness and a missionary, then we'll be acting our part in fulfilling God's great purpose for mankind. And can we ask for anything more than the fact that we are fulfilling God's will for us. There's no higher ideal than being the person that God calls you to be and to be on the battlefield for his glory.
2: Well, you know, Elder Curl, the title when it says students to do missionary work while in training. You mm-hmm. know, what you know, and you think about the kids that grew up a, 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 in the unified school, and now there is no school. What does that say to them? You know, and some of them, you know, are questioning, didn't anybody fight hard to keep us, you know, uh, open? And we're like, everybody fought for you. Everybody. And so, you know, you kind of tell them, don't give up hope because God is going to bring you back in 2025. And, you know, like I said, you still, they're human. You know, they see this. They're like, that was my school, and I mean here in St. Louis, you should know people are they 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 cling to their school. They want everybody to know I was a I went to Hazelwood East. I went, I mean they're proud of their schools, and mm-hmm. our kids were so proud of the Unified. And you know when you, like I said, when you talk to some of them, and they call you and you talk to them. It, it they're, they're in their mind is did anybody fight for us? And we're like hey, everybody fought for y'all, everybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But you know, Passy too. Well, I don't, I would really prefer that the school stay open, I would prefer that. Maybe it was a need of a change, something needed to change. But I, you know, for me, what I see constantly over and over all the time is that we don't recognize opportunities. We just don't recognize it. We put it all over the category of, you know, like it's a, it's a problem. You know, everything's money.
2: I think they get down to it's a money maker, and I'm like, money. You know, maybe you don't have the funds as 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 you were, you know, you know, when other people were there. But at least thank God for what you do have. Be content because, like you said, those were five souls that we don't know what God had in purpose for them. But we know that the home environment now, and there was kids that was not Adventist that parents was like, I want my child to be baptized as an Adventist. I want her to take the Bible lessons and stuff. So, you know, it's like, we're saying one thing, but we're doing the other, but we're saying, God, you're in control. This is what, right. you know, you right. do because we can not do it, but we can keep those kids in mind when we hear from them and say, you know, if we see them, tell them God loves you and, you know, and encourage them to just hold on 2025 with hope that we'll be in heaven by then, but just, you know, give them some kind of hope.
1: Yeah. We got to remember to it. It does take a village to raise a child. And Andre had pointed out the the, um, the three-legged stool of church, home, and school all working together. So maybe at this point, for whatever reason, the school leg has kind of gotten weak a little bit. But there's those other two legs that can help uh, keep those kids positive-minded and keep them looking to the future. One thing that it takes for church members, that's all of us, God is looking for strong, devoted, those who are devoted to him and his work, and self-sacrificing people. Sometimes that self-sacrificing part is hard to get, but that's what it takes for us to be faithful missionaries, faithful evangelists, faithful witnesses for God. We have to stop looking at ourselves and stop worrying about what we're going to get out of everything and look at what a blessing we can be to someone else those young people in school how can we be a blessing to them the people at on our neighborhood and our families how can i be a blessing to them how can i uh give them the opportunity to be saved in god's kingdom how can i be a faithful witness for god everything that we do we want to be the best at it and that includes evangelism missionary outreach you know we just have to put forth the effort god has promised that all of his callings are enabling. So he's given us everything that we need to be successful, but he needs us to be committed to his work, sacrificing ourselves for the good of others and being the best possible Christian witness example of Christ that we can be. And so I think that you have Keep all said, those things in mind. You
0: said a lot with that too, because I think, well, maybe I'll wait till we get offline to say this, sentence, but anyway.
4: Okay.
1: No,
0: Lakita, you got to share it. Uh, I'm going to share it. (laughs) I will
1: share it. Yeah. Okay. Um, With that, uh, next week, Karen, where are we at?
3: Uh, We're in Chapter 108 in Testimonies Mm -hmm. for the Church, Volume 1.
1: 108, Testimonies for the Church, Volume Mm 1. Yes. Okay. So we look forward to everyone joining. Again, invite others to tune in and let them know that we are discussing God's word, is testimony, and we're finding out how we can be better Christian servants for the Lord before his soon return. Let's uh, close our session with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for being with us, for blessing us with a desire to learn more of thee, with a desire to be better Christian servants for you, Lord. Please give us the resources, give us the desire and the will to step forward to be the very best that we can be Learning of your truths, learning your word and your testimonies, that we can share them with others. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. And thank you. Thanks for tuning into our discipleship class. Look forward to seeing you again next week.